and from the US you can use personal check or international postal money order or cash it's up to yourselves and the same outside the Americas you can use MoneyGram, Western Union or cash or PayPal that seems that PayPal is the way that everyone's going these days and it's probably the cheapest if you want to wire something and for those of you that just burned and passed around you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt Site 41 Box 4 Astaire, Ontario, Canada The postal code is P as in Peter 3 E as in Elizabeth 4 N as in Nora 1 P3E4N1 And I'll be back after this break through the matrix just uh, bitching off about ExploreNet the company that promises you high speed takes your cash and then when the word is put in they drop you to almost dial up speed so as I say if you have problems downloading uh, a night's talk then you have to go in the next afternoon because it will take all tonight and tomorrow morning to upload the same amount of material no more just the same amount as it's always been and they arbitrarily uh, just uh, play a lot of games with you when they pick on you. So for those who want to complain to them and tell them to get off my back, you can always email it, email them at info at explorenet, that's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Explorenet.com, no E in front of the X. So that's what happens, as I say, when you're not really authorized to be out there and you're not playing the politics game and you're not really pushing one or other agenda. You're supposed to pull, push either left or right, you see, as though it made any darn difference. But to me, you see, totalitarian society is the same, regardless of what color they're flying above their mast. It's all the same thing. And with adding uh, the addition of the greeny parties, then it's the same thing again. You've got red... You've got uh, blue uh, for conservatives. Red's always been for labor or left wing and um, communism. And then green. And green, of course, was designed by the communist system because they had no intention of simply fading away. The next step was to fade into the rest of the world and merge. That came out, of course, in the congressional uh, investigation into the, by the Rees Commission and Senator Dodds. Norman Dodds, who's got a video up there explaining this. From the 1950s, he did this investigation. He was told the job of the big, incredibly wealthy foundations running all their non-governmental organizations was to eventually change the culture so much in the West that it would blend seamlessly with that of the East, meaning the Soviet system. And lo and behold, we got it all here. And that's what the Club of Rome, uh, I keep mentioning this too, it's so important, the big think tank that works with the United Nations, they were given the task to come up with a method of combining this whole system for a world society under a global rulership, which they now call governance, a post-democratic system, and they favored collectivism, meaning basically the Sovietized system where 
Everything is centralized from one center, all the laws, all regulations, all authority for a global society. And they would run it all from there, right down to what you could eat, what you couldn't eat, and that's all coming down the pike too, as we all know. But above them would be an intelligentsia class and a wealthy class. Therefore, technocrats and bureaucrats would run the whole show on behalf of the lords and masters, those very old families with lots and lots of loot uh, who've been trading and lending down through millennia. That's what it's all about. In other words, the whole system of left and right was always to benefit the third party, the one at the top that held the purse strings. And they're going to get a lot fatter now with their planned, organized world society where all you have is a memory of freedom. Not that anyone's truly had all of the freedom they should have had, but we had little glimpses of it once in a while, and they gave more freedoms probably to any people during more, just right after World War II, up until about the 70s, and then they started taking it gradually all away from them again. Because it's too untidy having freedoms and rights. It gets in the way of big, big, big business. It gets in the way of excessive taxation. And the bankers love nothing better than to deal straight with nations rather than individual borrowers. And nations can soak from the public, they can sponge all the taxes from the public to pay back debts. That's why it works this way. It's the same across the planet. Except for the last few countries that are getting pummeled into compliance in the Middle East and Asia. That's why they're getting pummeled into compliance, to standardize the whole world. The dream of megalomaniacs for a long, long time, a standardized planet and standardized humanity. But they also want to bring down the population. And the Club of Rome and many of the other big top think tanks that work in this one group, this one group that runs the world, really, regardless of all their foundation names. And some foundations, in fact, actually fund hundreds of other foundations. So the main foundation is the one you look, look at. The rest of them are fronts, which are active fronts. They actually work through NGOs and work their agenda into demands from governments that are then passed into law, exactly what the governments want to hear, because the same foundations put their own boys in politics too. And they run societies, big societies like the Council on Foreign Relations, where it's supposed to be an honor to be, to be asked to join. You can ask to join it. You have to be asked to join. And you are vetted, very well vetted, before you're given that request to join it. That means you, you, you're their man. They, they can count on you. So we look for truth in, the, in life, and we don't find truth anywhere, really. Um, from advertising onwards, that nothing is anything to do with truth. Uh, politics has nothing to do with truth any more than law has anything to do with truth. Politics is a show for the public, or always has been a show for the public. And if you've got 12 absolute strangers from across the planet together, and gave them a particular task to run on behalf of the people of the world, within a few months, there'd be two or three cliques already within that 12 people with their own little ideas and their, their, their dislikes of those who don't, don't go along with them. That's how it works. It's, it's human nature to form these cliques. And once a clique becomes powerful,
as well known, then all the lesser people down below that are working in the particular fields, they want to join the cliques and be goody two shoes and, and uh, they brown nose their way up there. They show they can be counted on to tell, tell any lie at all. Now it's come out now, but there's no surprise, there's no big news, that Tony Blair met President Bush in 2002 and agreed to invade uh, Iraq then. Uh, before the, the before the, even the weapons inspections had gone in by the United Nations or anything else. So all that stuff we saw on television was just formality as the, the UN kept sending inspectors in and saying there's nothing here, there's no weapons of mass destruction. It didn't make any difference because now the guy who was in charge of the military operations came out and said that nothing could have stopped it once it was agreed to attack. Nothing could have stopped it. So we go through these charades and presentations to the public trying to win them over for the reasons for wars and in a substitute situation for war in a global society and this was discussed a long many years ago from Iron Mountain debates where experts got together and found out what are the reasons for government and they decided government exists to, to perpetuate itself with the, under the guise of keeping the people safe safe from various other factions that might want to war with them that's what they claim. So there's an elite to the top. They see that the country is their country, and they make sure that everyone below will go off and fight and die for that country so that the elite can sustain itself. In a global society, you have a lack of conflict, so they have to find terrorism everywhere. The technique that we found was used in Soviet Russia after they'd cleaned up their act and got rid of the, the whites and all other parties. There was even Greens here too, different type though. And um, they had to find uh, uh, counterinsurgents within the country, uh, counter-revolutionaries, they call them. And this global society is terrorism for the global society. It could be terrorists, we're going to keep finding terrorists or creating them. You can't create real ones if you, if you keep uh, sticking a stick in the wasp nest all the time. Eventually the wasp attack you, so you can create real terrorists too. In a society where you have lack of conflict, they have to create these problems. And the Club of Rome came up with the idea back in the 1970s that global warming, famines, disasters, and the like would fit the bill. That's what they said in their own book. That's what, that's what they presented for the, the schedule for the future. Then it was up to the rest of the propaganda machine to go into action and start uh, preaching this stuff as though it was the truth and get all the magazines and uh, to, to print it, get all the documentaries on television on their side and they always have their pals within the media they know who to contact who will give them good, uh, good columns and good write-ups and good documentaries to say, oh, global warming keeps showing you panic things. Every year ice flows come off the North Pole and every year uh, polar bears swim back and forth all over the place they can swim for hundreds of miles but, of course, you don't tell the public that. You keep the public in ignorance and everything. And you don't tell them that poor bear there isn't going to drown. He's going somewhere else. And he probably knows better than the guy who's steering the ship that's following him where he's going. So, of course, it's irrelevant. Same advertising and advertising. You're sold happiness if you just buy this. That's why it doesn't matter if you're running on a treadmill and sweat's pouring off you and your muscles are killing you. Uh, you have a big grin on you on the, on the ads on television. Or 
toothpaste. You've got a sudden orgasm with this new toothpaste, according to what you see in television. In other words, purchasing makes you happy, extremely happy, more happy than anything else on the planet. That's the game. So everything really is a lie, and politics is no different. Politics is a show for the public, and we never know the real motives for anything until maybe 50 years after the Official Secrets Act uh, unravels it and cuts the ribbon and shows it to a future generation who doesn't care what happened in the past. It's astonishing, but that's the truth. Uh, lies prevail all through the entire system. They're even teaching, teaching children for 10 years about global warming, regardless of the Copenhagen. It wasn't even heard of Copenhagen Treaty coming up. They start in advance, because it's a done deal. Back with more after this break. That's all we live. It's a one big agenda. And politicians are there to basically give us an impression that somehow these, well, they're supposed to speak on our behalf. That was the old farce that they put up a long time ago, but they never do. Uh, they go, go for their party. And whatever the party says is what they go with. And there's always a party head, and he's, he, they know darn well, everyone below them, if they want to get ahead and up with the party, they've got to agree with everything he says. And that's, that's how it works. It's nothing to do with representation of the people of any particular area. But these are the farces we're brought up on. And really, the country's run by a parallel government, and that's what Professor Carroll quickly called it, the parallel government. The big foundations run them. The Council on Foreign Relations is their American branch, although they're using the same term in Canada now. And... The Royal Institute for International Affairs is the, the British main one. That's the granddaddy, you might say, that gives the orders to the rest. They came up with the idea of a global government system. They came up with the idea that it would not be democratic because uh, we, we see, we're all too dumb at the bottom. We haven't evolved up to the smart class. If we had, we'd be stinking rich with lots of loot because we've clawed our way up there through all kinds of devious means held on to the money, had children, they'd hang on to it two for two or three generations, and that proves, you see, you've evolved higher than the rest. They're all down below doing an honest day's work. And that really is the prevalent theme amongst them at the top. Therefore, there's nothing we go through in our lifetime, from wars to, to agendas with carbon and, and new crises. These are all man-made crises that, that, that exist in fiction that are made into a form of reality by repetition and big bucks flowing, big, big bucks flowing. And when you don't have wars on the go, shortly, supposedly, we won't have these big wars on the go, then uh, to replace that disposable income that is wasted in armaments and so on, you either put it up into space using NASA, and there's, what, 20 million, 40, 50 billion dollars a pop as they pop something into space and keep taxing you, and borrowing, or you, you find a new way, carbon, carbon taxes. It's a gas, man. Literally, it's a gas. And it's a small gas in, in the atmosphere, percentage-wise. And it's natural. The sea gives off more gas than anything in CO2 because 
of the living creatures down there. But facts don't matter when there's an agenda at work. As we found with, with the, the whole uh, scandal um, of climate gate, as it's been called, to see how all these top scientists, who are hand-picked, of course, by their masters, kept fudging all the facts into bendable figures and come out with new lovely graphs that even did away with medieval warming periods and stuff like that and previous cooling periods. And it's all been fudged. All lies, in other words, because it's an agenda, nothing to do with truth or facts. We've got to understand that we do live through incredible agendas that were hatched before most folk were even born. At least the plans were. And nothing's going to stop this. I don't care if your house gets buried under the snow. Uh, they'll still claim it's global warming. But once the treaty is signed, and what the treaty does, they, they, get, they agree when they sign it to agree to every other treaty that comes along the pike. So the first one really is just the we're in sort of stuff. We're in on it. We promise we're in on it and we'll do anything we're told in the future. That's what the first signature will be in Copenhagen. And then, then it really starts. Then you really start getting taxed. And then you have governments come into your home to see if you're, you can even live there anymore, even if you own it or you think you own it. Um, because it's, it's not really sustainable. You're giving off too much heat. It's poorly energized. It would cost more to refit this house than it would be to knock it down. And then they'll fine you uh, for not being able to afford to upgrade it, you see. Thousands of dollars per day. Remember, one of the planks of this collectivist system is the abolition not only of the middle classes and the family unit, it's also the abolition of private property. Because there are exceptions, because if you're an international corporation, you have a different status altogether. And you'll find a lot of the big uh, landlords are really corporations, international corporations that own property across the whole planet under Agenda 21 that's where we're all to get pushed you see into these sustainable living places that are probably very squalid but that won't matter because there's a different set of rules applying to these slum landlords the whole idea is to get you off the land into the crowded cities while this generation dies off and we already know we're getting sterile and sterile every year more sterile according to the UN's own happy report, because it never makes a comment and says, my God, this should be a crisis. The men's sperm count in the West is down 75 to 85 percent. But there's no crisis about it at all. Meanwhile, they dream up a crisis about global warming, which does not exist. And the facts prove it, but facts are not irrelevant when it comes to an agenda. And here's Laurie Goldstein on the Ottawa Sun about this very topic it won't matter uh, this is 26th of November 2009 and she says if you're wondering how the robot like march of the world's politicians towards Copenhagen can possibly continue in the face of the scientific scandal dubbed climate gate it's because big government, big business and big green don't give a SHIT about the science back with more after this break You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt were cutting through the Matrix, reading from an article from the Ottawa Sun to do with uh, the climate gate and how it doesn't matter, even though it's exposed, because they're rampaging on as though they didn't even hear it, which, of course, is what they always do when they must make sure the agenda comes through at all costs. They can't go back on their plans, you see. Never do. Uh, Laura uh, Goldstein says, What Climate Gate suggests is many of the world's leading climate scientists didn't either. Apparently, they stifled their own doubts about recent global cooling, not explained by their computer models, manipulated data, plotted ways to avoid releasing it under freedom of information laws, and attacked fellow scientists and scientific journals for publishing even peer-reviewed literature which they did not approve. So they weren't allowed any, any other opposing points of view from other renowned scientists to get into the books, basically. Now, they and their media shills, who sneered at all who questioned their phony consensus, and it, it truly is phony since uh, there's thousands more say it's all baloney than the ones who are all for it, or who are on the payroll of the UN. It says, uh, who sneered at their phony consensus were despicable deniers the moral equivalent of those who deny the Holocaust are the ones in denial about the enormity of the scandal enveloping them. So they desperately try to portray it as routine, messy business of science, lamely insisting, nothing to see here, folks, move along. And that's what the media is saying, the major media. They're saying, there's nothing to see here, just move along. Before the Internet, which has given ordinary people a way to fight back against the received wisdom, of so-called wise elites, they might have gotten away with it. But not now, as knowledgeable climate bloggers are advancing the story and forcing the co-opted mainstream media to cover a scandal most would rather ignore, and by God, they would rather ignore it because they've been a rah-rah team all along for this rubbish. The problem, however, is those who hijack science to predict a looming Armageddon unless we do exactly as they say, and that's well-worded. And that's where the whole thing is. You, you don't have Armageddon unless you do as we say. They've already done their damage. The moment they convinced politicians the way to avert the end of days was to put a price on emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. The unholy alliance of big government, big business, and big green was forged. Big government wants more of your taxes. Big business wants more of your income. Big Green wants you and your children to bow down to its agenda of its enforced austerity, meaning poverty, and Maurice Strong is one of the biggest players behind that green part of it there. What about saving the planet, you ask? This was never about saving the planet. This is about money and power. Your money, their power. If it was about saving the planet, cap and trade, which is really cap and tax, how big government, big business, and big green ludicrously pretend we will fight global warming and save the planet would have been consigned to the dustbin of history because it doesn't work. We know it doesn't work because Europe's five-year-old cap-and-trade market, the emissions trading scheme, has done nothing to make the world cooler. But all it's done, is, what they did was they gave all the big international corporations billions of bucks worth of free trading carbon credits. And they've been trading these things and making a fortune on them. It's cost them nothing. <laughs> but it costs us a lot. All it's done is make hedge fund managers, speculators, and big energy giddy with windfall profits while making everyone else poorer by driving up the cost of energy and thus of most goods and services which need energy to be lighted, heated, cooled, 
grown, constructed, manufactured, produced, and transported. And, and this is going to control everything in life here. Across the whole world, there's power for you. Readers often ask how they can fight back. First, forget about asking when the warmest will see reason. They won't. They will not see, see reason because it's an agenda written in stone. You already smashed the stone. Instead, send a message to Prime Minister Stephen Harper by email. It's got the addresses to, to go through and so on, or fax, or call them as well, and ask to be put through to the office of the Prime Minister. Do the same for Liberal leader Michael Ignatieff by email, and so on and so on. That's what she suggests. It won't matter, though, because they're on, on board with it. Because they were, these guys were picked before we knew their names to be Prime Ministers and leaders years ago for this agenda including the wars in the Middle East and so on. And that's a fact. We have no democratic system to fight this. You know, Greenpeace has got ads on ad nauseum daily telling people to vote and tell, tell their leaders to vote for the Copenhagen Agreement. Greenpeace is supposedly a charity, but it's funded by, you know who the big foundations are. I don't need to mention them again, do I? That's who funds them. So they ain't skint for money, going with tin cans to save Willie the Whale. They want us all on our knees in rags. They hate humanity, actually. They truly do hate humanity. Those, those who are paid to, to put all this stuff through, they hate humanity. And they hate the class system. They hate the bottom class. They hate you. And that's what it's all about, a new scientific society where the scientists will guide our lives and they'll even decide if you're even going to get born. Do they need you to serve the world state or not? That's what it boils down to. Now, if that's not bad enough, he's from the theguardian.co.uk. It says, Copenhagen Climate Conference, Brown Prime Minister Brown of Britain, this other Fabianist, proposes global fund to kick-start Copenhagen climate change process. He wants a £10 billion plan to be backed by Commonwealth leaders so they know the US is going to do the same because Obama's gone over there too. And his pal, the guy that was parachuted into, into France to be the president, Nicolas Sarkozy, is going to back him on this deal. This is all taxpayers. You don't get it. This is all taxpayers' money. Government creates nothing except misery. Folk keep asking government to help them. Don't they get it? The government is the problem. Always has been. Because they can't create anything except misery and debt. And guess who pays it? You do. Gordon Brown arrives at Port of Spain in Trinidad for the Commonwealth meeting on 26th of November 2009. He says, today he proposed setting up a global fund to kick-start the Copenhagen climate change process and encourage poorer countries to start cutting greenhouse gas emissions immediately. So the idea is all the wealthier countries, this all goes back to the GATT Treaty 2 and all the other treaties of the United Nations, that the so-called wealthy countries have to, to just kick money their way, supposedly to help the poorer countries. Well, how come the poorer countries are getting poorer? How come? How come they're all bankrupt with all the IMF loans and so on? 
they've had, the World Bank loans, and the IMF comes in and starts jackbooting them around to get it all paid back by, by basically taking land from them. Land for debt swaps. That's what the UN is famous for. It's nothing to do with helping anybody at the bottom. So days ahead of the vital UN-sponsored climate change conference in the Danish capital, Brown proposed a £10 billion rich world fund to which Britain would contribute £800 million. Since Tony Blair before him got into the present, Britain has borrowed more money than all of the combined governments in the British history have ever borrowed. And here they are at it again. Everyone's been put into slavery here. If you have great-great-great-grandchildren, if they're deemed worthy enough to get born, they're going to be in utter slavery here. And they know this at the top. So the initiative would give incentives to developing countries to halt deforestation, develop low-carbon energy sources, and prepare for the effects of a warmer climate. See, it's as though nothing, nothing happened. All the fudge figures, etc., doesn't matter doesn't matter lies after lies the lies are all that matters they will stick to the party line even if old Nick the devil showed up and tells them the wrong or God himself shows up they'll stick to the party line they can't go back they can't go back now but we can't let this go we can't let this go and fade off into the other lies of the past and let them have their way because they mean it. Austerity is a nice way of saying you're going to be put into utter poverty. They want to flatten the whole world into the same impoverished standard of living, except for themselves, of course. This article here is from The Telegraph by James Dillingpole. And it says, I've just had a great, very sympathetic interview about Climate Gate on LBC Radio London's main commercial news and talk station with Petrie Hoskin. She told me she's been simply inundated with callers, all of them utterly unconvinced that human influence has made any significance at all on so-called global warming. She was desperate to get a few balancing calls from people who do believe in anthropogenic global warming, but just couldn't find any. Can you imagine this happening a year ago or even a month ago? Until Climate Gate, we skeptics were considered freaks, almost as bad as Holocaust deniers. That's why they used the term uh, warming uh, climate change deniers. That was done by marketing companies. Beyond the pale of reasoned, a reasonable, balanced discussion, suddenly we're the normal. Climate Gate has finally given us the chance to express openly what many of us secretly felt all along. He says, this is anthropogenic global warming. It's about raising taxes, increasing state control, about a few canny hucksters who've leapt on the bandwagon, fleecing us rotten with their taxpayer-subsidized wind farms and their carbon trading, about the sour anti-capitalist impulses of sandal-wearing vegans and lapsed communists who loathe the idea of freedom and a functioning market economy. We know it's all a crock, and we're not going to take it. This is our Berlin Wall moment. They can't stop us now. So it's, it's coming out in the open, but as I say, what's fact got to do with anything when it comes to this? What's fact got to do with anything? It does make you wonder, though, eh? 
it really does make you wonder what on earth is really going on it's half the time and you won't get it from major media generally now apparently as what I've been told is New Zealand also has done this New Zealand uh, were fudging all the statistics as well and this is called this is from What's Up With That very good website he's been following it for years and it says here New Zealand NIWA accused of CRU style temperature faking the New Zealand's government's chief climate advisory unit NIWA is under fire for allegedly massaging raw climate data to show a global warming trend that wasn't there <laughs> the scandal breaks as fears grow worldwide that corruption of climate science is not confined just to Britain's CRU climate research centre so they're all connected with each other these characters in New Zealand's case, the figures published on NIWA's, the National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research website, suggest a strong warming trend in New Zealand over the past century. This is for their graph, the, the figures, right, that they published. It says, the caption in the photo on the NIWA site reads, uh, mean annual temperatures over New Zealand from 1853 to 2008, inclusive based on between two from 1853 and 7 from 1908 long-term station records. The blue and red bars show annual differences from the 1971 to 2000 average. The solid black line is smooth time series, and the dotted straight line is a linear trend over 1909 to 2800 years. But analysis of the raw climate data from the same temperature stations using their own data has turned up just the opposite. Gone is the relentless rising temperature trend, and instead there appears to have been a much smaller growth in warming, consistent with the warming up of the planet after the end of the Little Ice Age in 1850. The revelations are published today in a news alert from the Climate Science Coalition of New Zealand. Straight away, as you can see, there's no slope, either up or down in the graph. The temperatures are remarkably constant way back to the 1850s. Of course, the temperatures still vary from year to year, but the trend stays level, statistically insignificant at 0.06% uh, centigrade per century since 1850. Putting these two graphs side by side, you can see huge differences. What's going on? Why does NIWA's graph show strong warming, but graphing their own raw data looks completely different? Their graph shows warming, but the actual temperature readings show none whatsoever. What it was is the guy, the NIWA, sneezed when he was drawing the graph. That's what it was. He maybe had the swine flu, because maybe that's what he's getting called now. Huh? Could be. It is relatively easy to find out. We compared raw data for each station from the NIWA's website with adjusted official data, which we obtained from one of Dr. Salinger's colleagues. Requests for this information from Dr. Salinger himself over the years by different scientists have long gone unanswered, but now we might discover the truth. What did we find? First, the station histories are unremarkable. There are no reasons for any large corrections, but we're astonished to find that strong adjustments have indeed been made. <laughs> About half the adjustments, like this very polite adjustments, actually created a warming trend where none existed. The other half greatly exaggerated existing warming. All the adjustments increased or even created a warming trend with only one and from Dunedin station going the other way and slightly reducing the original trend. 
The shocking truth is that the oldest readings have been cranked way down and later readings artificially lifted to give a false impression of warming as documents below show. There's nothing in the station histories to warrant these adjustments and to date Dr. Salinger and the NIWA have not revealed why they did this. Well, I guess we can all guess why they did this. Can't we? It's no great mystery. It's no really great mystery. And it's interesting too. Here's an article here from the Australian. It says, The CSIRO moves to put gag on scientists. November the 9th, 2009. The CSIRO has sought to secretly close a loophole that allows scientists to publish research and comment in their private capacity about politically sensitive issues. Earlier this year, senior scientists used a loophole to give evidence to a Senate inquiry criticizing the Rudd government's emission targets for their carbon trading. While the CSIRO has denied it has reviewed or changed its public comment policy, a confidential memo leaked to the Australian reveals the policy has been reviewed at the highest levels. It's understood the memo was sent by three staff members on June the 9th after they learned CSIRO Chief Executive Megan Clark and Head of Communications John Kern were reviewing the policy. They've actually censored a guy uh, for writing a science paper on this. This is how they do it. They don't let certain people in. They just censor you. Back with more after this break. the lies and the deceit and the agendas you have to cut through are just astonishing because they, they truly are agendas and, and science now is supposed to rule us under this global governance system it's too, too stupid to, to um, rule ourselves basically, that's what they say at the top and at a post-religious system, something replaces it this was said by Julian Huxley science, a scientific dictatorship uh, according to Ber- Bertrand Russell as well, who used the same term, is now really running the, the, the system on behalf of their masters, mind you, who make sure they live in luxury at the top as we all get turned into the third world. This is from the Canadian Free Press, and it says here, uh, November 24th, Obama's science czar John Holdren involved in un- unwinding climate gate scandal. Lift up a rock and another snake comes slithering out from the ongoing University of East Anglia Climate Research Research Unit scandal, now writing as as climate gate. Obama signs are John Holdren is directly involved in CRU's unfolding climate gate scandal. In fact, according to the files released by the CEU hacker or whistleblower, Holdren is involved in what Canada Free Press columnist Canadian climatologist Dr. Tim Ball terms a translucent and nasty manner that provides a brief demonstration of his lack of understanding, commitment on faith, and willingness to ridicule and bully people. These are gangsters that put in place. And I'm talking about control freaks like Holden. The files contain so much material that it's going to make, take some time to put it all in context, says Ball. However, enough is already known to underscore their explosive nature. 
it's already clear the entire claims and positions of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change at the United Nations are based on falsified, manipulated material and is therefore completely compromised. The follow will be extensive as material continues to emerge. Reputations of the scientists involved are already destroyed. However, fringe players will continue to be identified and the reputations destroyed or sullied. While the mainstream media is bending it into pretzels to keep the scandal under the rug, ClimateGate is already the biggest scientific scandal in history because of the global uh, policy implications. (laughs) A complete change of life, absolutely. I'll throw back into the intro of the television series Dragnet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. The innocent and climate gate have already been thrown to the ravening wolves. There is a multitude of small but frightening stories in the massive files, Ball writes. For example, I've known solar physics or physicist Sally Bolinas and Willie Soon for a long time. I've published articles with Willie and enjoyed extensive communication. I was on advisory committees with them when Sally suddenly and politely withdrew from the fray. I don't know if the following events were contributing factors, but it is likely. Bolinas and Soon were authors of excellent work confirming the existence of the medieval warm period from a multitude of sources. Their work challenged attempts to get rid of the MWP because it contradicted the claim by the proponents of anthropogenic global warming. In other words, the ones that are pushing the, the humans are to blame idea literally wiped out of history the medieval global warming period. They just simply wiped it out of history. Because it really challenged their, their, their scam up to this, this so-called plan of theirs. But that's what's going on. I'll put all these links up on my site at the end of the show. You might have to wait till tomorrow to get it because it takes uh, uploading on ExploreNet uh, about at the same time as dial-up. So from Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.